0: This is a LibriVox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Captain Blood by Raphael Sabatini. Read by Sayeth. CHAPTER twenty one The Service of King James Miss Arabella Bishop was aroused very early on the following morning by the brazen voice of a bugle and the insistent clanging of a bell in the ship's belfry. As she lay awake idly watching the rippled green water that appeared to be streaming past the heavily glazed porthole, she became gradually aware of the sounds of the swift, labored bustle, the clatter of many feet, the shouts of hoarse voices, and the persistent trundlings of heavy bodies in the wardroom immediately below the deck of the cabin. Conceiving these sounds to pretend a more than normal activity, she sat up, pervaded by a vague alarm, and roused her still slumbering woman in his cabin on the starboard side lord julian disturbed by the same sounds was already astir and hurriedly dressing when presently he emerged under the break of the poop he found himself staring up into a mountain of canvas every foot of sail that she could carry had been crowded on to the arabella's yards to catch the morning breeze ahead and on either side stretched a limitless expanse of ocean sparkling golden in the sun as yet no more than a half disc of flame upon the horizon straight ahead about him in the waist where all last night had been so peaceful there was a frenzily active bustle of some threescore men by the rail immediately above and behind lord julian stood captain blood in altercation with a one-eyed giant whose head was swathed in a red cotton kerchief whose blue shirt hung open at the waist as his lordship moving forward revealed himself their voices ceased and Blood turned to greet him. "'Good morning to you,' he said, and added. "'I've blundered badly, so I have. I should have known better to come so close to Jamaica by night, but I was in a haste to land you. Come up here. I have something to show you.' Wondering, Lord Julian mounted the companion as he was bidden. Standing beside Captain Blood, he looked astern following the indication of the captain's hand, and cried out in his amazement, "'There!' not more than three miles away was land an uneven wall of vivid green that filled the western horizon and a couple of miles to the side of it bearing after them came speeding three great white ships they fly no colors but they're part of the jamaica fleet blood spoke without excitement almost with a certain listlessness when dawn broke we found ourselves running to meet them we went about and it's been a race ever since but the Arabella's been at sea these four months, and our bottoms too foul for the speed we're needing. Wolverstone hooked his thumbs into his broad leather belt, and from his great height looked down sardonically upon Lord Julian, tall man though the lordship was. So that you're like to be in yet another sea fight before ye are done with ships, my lord. That's a point we're just arguing, said Captain Blood, for I hold that we're in no case to fight against such odds. The odds be damned. "'Wolverstone thrust out his heavy jowl. "'We're used to odds. "'The odds was heavier at marcy "'and we went out and took three ships. "'They were heavier yesterday when we engaged Don Miguel.' "'Ay, but those are Spanard's.' "'And what better are these? "'Are ye afraid of a lubberly Barbados planter? "'Whatever ails ye, Peter? "'I've never known ye so scared before.' "'A gun boomed out behind them. "'That'll be the signal to lie to,' said Blood in the same listless voice, and he fetched a sigh. Wolverstone squared himself defiantly before his captain. "'I'll see Colonel Bishop in hell, wherever I lies to for him.' And he spat, presumably for purposes of emphasis. His lordship intervened. "'Oh, but by your leave, surely there is nothing to be apprehended from Colonel Bishop, considering the service you have rendered to his niece and me.' Wolverstone's hoarse laugh interrupted him. Hark to the gentleman, he mocked. He don't know Colonel Bishop, that's clear. Not for his niece, not for his daughter, not for his own mother. Would he forgo the blood which he thinks due to him? A drinker of blood he is, a nasty beast. We knows the captain and me. We've been his slaves. But there's myself, said Lord Julian, with great dignity. Wolverstone laughed again, whereat his lordship flushed. He was moved to raise his voice above its usual languid level. I assure you, my word counts for something in England. Oh, ay, in England but this ain't England, damn, came the roar of the second gun. A round shot splashed the water less than a cable's length astern. Blood leaned over the rail to speak with the fair young man, immediately below him by the helmsman at the whipstaff. Bid them take in sail, Jeremy, he said quietly. We lie, too. But Wolverstone interposed again. Hold there a moment, Jeremy, he roared. Wait, he swung back to face the captain, who had placed a hand on his shoulder and was smiling, a trifle wistfully. Steady, old wolf, steady. Captain Blood admonished him. Steady yourself, Peter. You've gone mad. Will you doom us all to hell? of tenderness for that cold slip of a girl. Stop! cried Blood in sudden fury. But Wolverstone would not stop. "'It's the truth, you fool. "'It's that cursed petticoat "'that's making a coward of you. "'It's for her that you're feared, "'and she, Colonel Bishop's niece. "'My God, man, you'll have mutiny aboard, "'and I'll lead it myself "'sooner than surrender to be hanged in Port Royal.' Their glances met, sullen defiance, braving dull anger, surprise, and pain. "'There is no question,' said Blood surrender for any man aboard save only myself if bishop can report to england that i am taken and hanged he will magnify himself and at the same time gratify his personal rancour against me that should satisfy him i'll send him a message offering to surrender aboard a ship taking miss bishop and lord julian along with me but only on condition that the arabella is allowed to proceed unharmed it's a bargain that he'll accept if i know him at all it's a bargain he'll never be offered retorted wolverstone and his earlier vehemence was as nothing to his vehemence now you're surely daft to even think of it peter not so daft as you when you talk of fighting that he flung out an arm as he spoke to indicate the pursuing ships which were slowly but surely creeping nearer before we've run another half mile we shall be within range wolverstone swore elaborately then suddenly checked out of the tail of his single eye He had espied a trim figure in gray silk that was ascending the companion. So engrossed had they been that they had not seen Miss Bishop come from the door of the passage leading to the cabin, and there was something else that those three men on the poop and Pitt, immediately below them, had failed to observe. Some moments ago, Ogle, followed by the main body of his gun-deck crew, had emerged from the booby-hatch to fall into muttered, angrily vehement talk with those who— abandoning the gun tackles upon which they were labouring, had come to crowd about him. Even now Blood had no eyes for that. He turned to look at Miss Bishop, marvelling a little, after the manner in which yesterday she had avoided him, that she should now venture upon the quarter-deck. Her presence at this moment, and considering the nature of his altercation with Wolverstone, was embarrassing. Very sweet and dainty she stood before him in her gown of shimmering grey, a faint excitement tinting her fair cheeks and sparkling in her clear hazel eyes that looked so frank and honest she wore no hat and the ringlets of her golden-brown hair fluttered distractingly in the morning breeze captain blood bared his head and bowed silently in a greeting which she returned composedly and formally what is happening lord julian she inquired as if to answer her third gun spoke from the ships towards which she was looking intent and wonderingly a frown rumpled her brow she looked from one to the other of the men who stood there so glum and obviously ill at ease they are the ships of the jamaica fleet his lordship answered her it should have in any case been a sufficient explanation but before more could be added their attention was drawn at last to ogle who came bounding up the broad ladder and to the men lounging aft in his wake, all of which instinctively they apprehended a vague menace. At the head of the companion, Ogle found his progress barred by Blood, who confronted him, a sudden sternness in his face and in every line of him. What's this? the captain demanded sharply. Your station is on the gun deck. Why have you left it? Thus challenged, the obvious truculence faded out of Ogle's bearing quenched by the old habit of obedience and the natural dominance that was the secret of the captain's rule over his wild followers. But it gave no pause to the gunner's intention. If anything, it increased his excitement. "'Captain!' he said, and as he spoke he pointed to the pursuing ships. "'Colonel Bishop holds us! We're in no case to either run or fight!' Blood's height seemed to increase, as did his sternness. "'Ogle!' said he in a voice cold and sharp as steel, "'Your station is on the gun-deck. "'You'll return to it at once "'and take your crew with you, "'or else—' But Ogle, violent of mien and gesture, "'interrupted him. "'Threats will not serve, Captain.' "'Will they not?' It was the first time in his buccaneering career that an order of his had been disregarded, or that a man had failed in the obedience to which he had pledged all who had joined him. That this insubordination should proceed from one of those whom he most trusted, one of his old Barbados associates, was in itself bitterness, and made him reluctant to that which instinct told him must be done. His hand closed over the butt of one of the pistols slung before him. "'Nor will that serve you,' Ogle warned him, still more fiercely. "'The men are my thinking, and they'll have their way.' "'And what way may that be?' The way to make us safe we'll neither sink nor hang while wees can help it. from three or four score men massed below in the waist came a rumble of approval. Captain Blood's glance raked the ranks of those resolute, fierce-eyed fellows, and then it came to rest again on Ogle. There is here quite plainly a vague threat, a mutinous spirit that he could not understand. You come to give advice, then do you quoth he? "'relenting nothing of his sternness. "'That's it, Captain. Advice. "'That girl there!' he flung out a bare arm to point to her. "'Bishop's girl. The governor of Jamaica's niece. "'We want her as hostage for our safety.' "'Aye!' roared the chorus of buccaneers below, "'and one or two of them elaborated that affirmation. "'In a flash, Captain Blood saw what was on their minds.' and for all that he had lost nothing of his outward stern composure, fear invaded his heart. And how? he asked. Do you imagine Miss Bishop will prove such a hostage? It's Providence having her aboard, a Providence. Heave to, Captain, and signal them to send a boat, and assure themselves that Miss is here. Then, let them know if they attempt to hinder our sailing hence, We'll hang the doxy first, and fight for it after. That'll cool Captain Bishop's heat. "'Maybe. And maybe it won't,' slow and mocking came Wolverstone's voice to answer the other's confident excitement, and as he spoke, he advanced to Blood's side, an unexpected ally. "'Some of them Dawcocks may believe the tale.' He jerked a contemptuous thumb toward the men in the waist, whose ranks were steadily being increased by the advent of others from the forecastle. "'Although even some of them they should know better,' For there's still a few was on Barbados with us, and are acquainted like me and you with Colonel Bishop. If you're counting on pulling Bishop's heart strings, you're a bigger fool, Ogle, than I always thought you was with anything but guns. There's no heaving to for such a matter as that, unless you wants to make quite sure of our being sunk. Though we had a cargo of Bishop's nieces, it wouldn't make him hold his hand. Why, as I was just telling his lordship here who thought like you that having Miss Bishop aboard would make us safe. Not for his mother would that filthy slaver forego what's due to him. And if you weren't a fool, Ogle, you wouldn't need me to tell you this. We've got to fight, my lads. How can we fight, man? Ogle stormed to him, furiously battling the conviction which Wolverstone's argument was imposing upon his listeners. You may be right, and you may be wrong. We've got to chance it. It's our only chance. The rest of his words were drowned out in the shouts of the hands, insisting that the girl be given up to be held as a hostage. And then, louder than before, roared a gun away to leeward, and away on their starboard beam they saw a spray flung up by the shot, which had gone wide. They're within range, cried Ogle, and leaning from the rail, Put down the helm, he commanded. Pitt, at his post beside the helmman, turned intrepidly to face the excited gunner sally since when have you commanded on the main deck Gogle? i take my orders from the captain you'll take this m- order from me or by god you'll wait blood bade him interrupting and he set a restraining hand upon the gunner's arm there is i think a better way he looked over his shoulder aft at the advancing, aft at the advancing ships the foremost of which was now a bare quarter mile away His glance swept in passing over Miss Bishop and Lord Julian standing side by side some paces behind him. He observed her pale and tense, with parted lips and startled eyes that were fixed upon him, an anxious witness of this deciding of her fate. He was thinking swiftly, reckoning the chances, if by pistoling Ogle he were to provoke a mutiny. That some of the men should rally to him, he was sure. But he was no less sure that the main body would oppose him, and prevail in spite of all that he could do, taking the chance that holding Miss Bishop to ransom seemed to afford them. And if they did that, one way or the other, Miss Bishop would be lost. For even if Bishop yielded to their demands, they would retain her as a hostage. Meanwhile, Ogle was growing impatient. His arm still gripped by blood, he thrust his face into the captain's. "'What better way?' he demanded. "'There is none better!' I'll not be bubbled by what Wilverstone has said. He may be right, and he may be wrong. We'll test it. It's our only chance, as I've said, and we must take it. The better way that was proposed in Captain Blood's mind was the way that he had already proposed to Wilverstone. Whether the men in the panic Ogle had aroused among them would take a different view from Wilverstone's, he did not know. But he saw quite clearly now that if they consented, they would not on that account. Depart from their intention in the manner of Miss Bishop. They would make of Blood's own surrender merely an additional card in this game against the Governor of Jamaica. It's through her that we're in this trap, Ogle stormed on. Through her and through you! It was to bring her to Jamaica that you risked all of our lives, and we're not going to lose our lives as long as there's a chance to make ourselves safe through her. He was turning once again to the helmsman below when Blood's grip tightened on his arm. Ogle wrenched it free, with an oath, but Blood's mind was now made up. He had found the only way, and, repellent as it might be to him, he must take it. "'That is a desperate chance,' he cried. "'Mine is a safe and easy way. Wait!' he leaned over the rail. "'Put the helm down,' he bade Pitt. "'Heave her to, and signal them to send a boat.' A silence of astonishment fell upon the ship of astonishment and suspicion at this sudden yielding. But Pitt, although he shared it, was prompt to obey. His voice rang out, giving the necessary orders, and, after an instant's pause, a score of hands sprang to execute them. Came the creak of blocks, and the rattle of slatting sails, as they swung a-weather, and Captain Blood turned and beckoned Lord Julian forward. His lordship, after a moment's hesitation, advanced in surprise and mistrust, a mistrust shared by Miss Bishop, who, like his lordship and all else aboard, though in a different way, had been taken aback by Blood's sudden submission to the demand to lie to. Standing at the rail now, with Lord Julian behind him, Captain Blood explained himself. Briefly and clearly, he announced to all the object of Lord Julian's voyage to the Caribbean, and he informed them of the offer which yesterday Lord Julian had made to him. That offer I rejected, as his lordship will tell you, deeming myself affronted by it. Those of you who have suffered under the rule of King James will understand me. But now in the desperate case in which we find ourselves, outsailed, likely to be outfought, as Elkowitz said, I am ready to take the way of Morgan, to accept the king's commission, and shelter us all behind it. It was a thunderbolt that, for the moment, left them all dazed. Then Babel was re-enacted. The main body of them welcomed the announcement, as only men who have been preparing to die can welcome a new lease on life. But many could not resolve one way or another until they were satisfied upon several questions, and chiefly upon the one which was voiced by Ogle. "'Will Bishop respect the commission when you hold it?' It was Lord Julian who answered. It won't go very hard with him if he attempts to flout the king's authority. And though he should dare to attempt it, be sure that his own officers will not dare to do other than oppose him. Aye, hey, said Ogle, that is true. But there were some who were still in open and frank revolt against the course. One of these was Wolverstone, who at once proclaimed his hostility. I'll rot in hell before I ever serves the king, he brawled in great rage. But blood quieted him, and those who thought as he did. No man need follow me into the king's service who is reluctant. That is not in the bargain. What is in the bargain is that I accept this service with such of you who may choose to follow me. Don't think I accept it willingly. For myself, I am entirely of Wolverstone's opinion. I accept it as the only way to save us all from the certain destruction into which my own act may have brought us and even those of you who do not choose to follow me shall share the immunity of all and shall afterwards be free to depart those are the terms in which i sell myself to the king let lord julian the representative of the secretary of state say whether he agrees to them prompt eager and clear came his lordship's agreement and that was practically the end of the matter lord julian the butt now of good-humouredly ribald jests and half-derisive acclamations plunged away to his cabin for the commission, secretly rejoicing, at a turn of events which enabled him so credibly to discharge the business on which he had been sent. Meanwhile, the boatswain signaled to the Jamaica ships to send a boat, and the men in the waist broke their ranks and went noisily flocking to line the bulwarks and view the great stately vessels that were racing down toward them. As Ogle left the quarter-deck, blood turned, and came face to face with Miss Bishop. She had been observing him with shining eyes— but at sight of his dejected countenance and the deep frown that scarred his brow, her own expression changed. She approached him with a hesitation entirely unusual to her. She set a hand lightly upon his arm. "'You have chosen wisely, sir,' she commended him, "'however much against your inclinations.' He looked with gloomy eyes upon her, for whom he had made this sacrifice. "'I owed it to you. I thought I did.' She did not understand. "'Your resolve delivered me from a horrible danger,' she admitted, and she shivered at the memory of it. "'But I do not understand why you should have hesitated when it first was proposed to you. It is an honorable service.' "'King James's?' he sneered. "'England's,' she corrected him in reproof. "'The country is all, sir, the sovereign not. King James will pass. Others will come and pass. England remains to be honorably served by her sons.' Whatever rancor they may hold against the man who rules in their time. He showed some surprise. Then he smiled a little. Shrewd advocacy, he approved it. You should have spoken to the crew. And then the note of irony deepening in his voice. Do you suppose now that this honorable service might redeem one who is a pirate and a thief? Her glance fell away. Her voice faltered a little in replying. If he... He needs redeeming... "'Perhaps—perhaps perhaps he has been judged too harshly.' The blue eyes flashed, and the firm lips relaxed their grim set. "'Why, if you think that,' he said, considering her, an odd hunger in his glance, "'life might have its uses, after all, and even the service of King James might become tolerable.' Looking beyond her, across the water, he observed a boat putting off from one of the great ships, which, hove to now, were rocking gently some three hundred yards away. Abruptly his manner changed. He was like one recovering, taking himself in hand again. If you will go below, and get your gear and your woman, you shall presently be sent aboard one of the ships of the fleet. He pointed to the boat as he spoke. She left him, and thereafter, with Wolverstone, leaning on the rail, he watched the approach of that boat manned by a dozen sailors, and commanded by a scarlet figure, seated stiffly in the stern sheets. He leveled his telescope upon that figure. "'It'll not be Bishop himself,' said Wolverstone, between question and assertion. "'No,' Blood closed his telescope. "'I don't know who it is.' "'Ha!' Wolverstone vented an ejaculation of searing mirth. "'For all his eagerness, Bishop be none willing to come himself.' "'He's been aboard his hulk before, and we made him swim for it that time. "'He'll have his memories, so he sends a deputy.' "'This deputy proved to be an officer named Calverly, "'a vigorous, self-sufficient fellow, comparatively fresh from England, "'whose manner made it clear that he came fully instructed by Colonel Bishop "'upon the matter of how to handle the pirates. "'His air, as he stepped into the waist of the Arabella, "'was haughty, truculent, and disdainful. "'Blood, the king's commission now in his pocket, and Lord Julian, standing beside him, waited to receive him, and Captain Calverly was taken aback at finding himself confronted by two men so very different outwardly from anything he had expected. But he lost none of his haughty pose, and scarcely deigned a glance at the swarm of fierce half-naked fellows lounging in a semicircle to form background. "'Good day to you, sir,' blood hailed him pleasantly. "'I have the honor to give you welcome aboard the Arabella.' My name is Blood, Captain Blood, at your service. You may have heard of me. Captain Calverly stared hard. The airy manner of this redoubtable buccaneer was hardly what he had looked for in a desperate fellow. Compelled to an ignominious surrender, a thin, sour smile broke on the officer's haughty lips. "'You'll ruffle it to the gallows, no doubt,' he said contemptuously. "'I suppose that is after the fashion of your kind.' Meanwhile, it's your surrender I require, my man, not your impudence. Captain Blood appeared surprised, pained. He turned and appealed to Lord Julian. Do you hear that now? And did ye ever hear the like? But what did I tell ye? You? you see, the young gentleman's under a misapprehension entirely. Perhaps it'll save broken bones if your lordship explains just who and what I am. Lord Julian advanced a step and bowed perfunctorily and rather disdainfully to that very disdainful but now dumbfounded officer pitt who watched the scene from the quarter-deck rail tells us that his lordship was as grave as a parson at a hanging but i suspect this gravity for a mask on which lord julian was secretly amused i have the honour to inform you sir he said stiffly that captain blood holds a commission in the king's service under the seal of my lord sutherland his majesty's secretary of state Captain Calverly's face empurpled, his eyes bulged. The buccaneers in the background chuckled and crowed, and swore among themselves in their relish of this comedy. For a long moment Calverly stared in silence at his lordship, observing the costly elegance of his dress, his air of calm assurance, and his cold, fastidious speech, all of which savored distinctly the great world to which he belonged. And who the devil might you be? He exploded at last. Older, still, and more distant than ever, grew his lordship's voice. "'You're not very civil, sir, as I have already noticed. My name is Wade, Lord Julian Wade. I am His Majesty's envoy to these barbarous parts, and my Lord Sutherland's near kinsman. Colonel Bishop has been notified of my coming.' The sudden change in Cowherly's manner, at Lord Julian's mention of his name, showed that the notification had been received. And that he had knowledge of it i i believe that he has said Calverly, between doubt and suspicion that is that he has been notified of the coming of lord julian wade but but aboard this ship the officer made a gesture of helplessness and surrendering to his bewilderment fell abruptly silent i was coming out on the royal mary that is what we were advised but the Royal Mary fell a victim to a Spanish privateer, and I might never have arrived at all but for the gallantry of Captain Blood, who rescued me. Light broke upon the darkness of Calverly's mind. Uh, I see. I understand. I will take leave to doubt it. His lordship's tone abated nothing of its asperity. But that can wait. If Captain Blood will show you his commission, perhaps that will set all debts to rest. "'and we may proceed. "'I shall be glad to reach Port Royal.' "'Captain Blood thrust a parchment under Caverley's bulging eyes. "'The officer scanned it, particularly the seals and signature. "'He stepped back, a baffled, impotent man. "'He bowed helplessly. "'I must return to Colonel Bishop for my orders,' he informed them. "'At that moment a lane was opened in the ranks of men, "'and through this came Miss Bishop, followed by her woman.' Over his shoulder, Captain Blood observed her approach. "'Perhaps, since Colonel Bishop is with you, you may also convey his niece to him. Miss Bishop was aboard the Royal Mary also, and I rescued her together with his lordship. She will be able to acquaint her uncle with the details of that in the present state of affairs.' Swept thus from surprise to surprise, Captain Calverly could do no more than bow again. As for me, said Lord Julian, with an intent to make Miss Bishop's departure free from all interference on the part of the buccaneers, I shall remain aboard the Arabella until we reach Port Royal. My compliments to Colonel Bishop say that I look forward to making his acquaintance there. End of chapter 21